from the heart of Dubai, where tomorrow is being built today to the world. Welcome to the CTO Show with Mehmet. Here, we redefine technology and reimagine possibilities. With Mehmet, delve into the riveting realms of AI, cybersecurity, and digital technology. Experience the thrilling highs and lows of startups. Immerse yourself in the spirit of entrepreneurship and witness the future of business innovation being written in real time. Now, without further ado, let's tune in and explore the future. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the CTO Show with Mehmet. I have today a special guest joining me from Scotland, Sebastian. Thank you very much for being on the show today. The way I love to do it is I keep it to my guests to introduce themselves. And I have a theory. No one can introduce someone better than themselves. So the floor is yours. Oh, wow. Okay. So I've got to make a really good first impression here. So yes, I actually used to be one of the most part of one of the most hated groups in the UK. I was a used car salesman. And well, through my years of being a used car salesman, I learned the art of charisma. And now I'm coming to you today as a charisma coach, speaking to your audience and uh, looking to share some insight and some valuable information. Welcome to the show, Sebastian. And is it still good uh, happening? People, they don't love use like salespeople who works in, in the car industry. Is that true? Yeah, anyway. Don't Got a bit of a bad rap. I actually remember when my mom, I first told my mom that I was going to become a car salesman and she thought I was going to be this sort of smooth talking, slicked hair back, Rolex wearing, granny robbing salesman that she'd seen on TV. I think yeah. she'd probably been watched The Wolf of Wall Street too many times. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, you know, jokes aside, it's one of the, you know, best jobs. I mean, not in the car dealership only, but I mean, being a salesman is something very noble if you do it the proper way. But mm -hmm. today with you, Sebastian, and maybe the audience will say, oh, it's going on. Why we have someone on the CTO show talking about charisma. Of course, I have my own theory, but what I would love to do with you today, Sebastian, first, let's put some definitions, right? So. Let's say what is charisma, and then we can take it further from there. Great question. What is, what is charisma? You know, the Greeks at first coined the phrase charisma. They actually described it as a divine gift, which I think is just beautiful. But it actually has given it a bit of a bad reputation that charisma is this thing that's intangible. It's something that you can't describe. It's something that... You know, when you look at somebody, you can tell when they've got it, but you just can't quite put it into words. And essentially what I've been able to do is take charisma, define it and put it down. And essentially charisma is a breakdown of soft skills that when applied has magical effects. And that is what charisma is. Now, the second question I would ask you, Sebastian, before we again deep dive more in into it. Is it something that we get born with it or is it something that we acquire, you know, by experience, maybe by training, maybe by following several, you know, certain steps or I don't know, 
formulas, whatever. Great, another great question. So there's been a lot of misconceptions about charisma. One of the key ones is what you've just mentioned there, is that can charisma be taught? Can it be learned? Can you acquire it? And the answer to that is absolutely. Charisma is the breakdown of soft skills. Soft skills like making a good first impression, like storytelling, holding yourself in a conversation, being able to build rapport, being able to influence and persuade others, being able to use your words, your language, and your body language to make other people feel good and to align to your way of thinking. Now, of course, there's going to be people who are born naturally, maybe a little bit better at one of those skills, but there's absolutely every way where somebody can learn those skills and then apply it to become charismatic. That's cool. So where I can start, let's say I, I, I want to, to, to have this charisma, right? Mm -hmm. So is there like a test people they do? Like, is it like someone that should like, how do you call someone charismatic? Let me put it this way, in a more <laughs> straightforward question. Like what, there should, must be some traits for the person who, uh, who is charismatic, right? So how we can spot these guys? Well, let me, let me put the question back at you. What do you think charisma is? Okay. That's a very good question. So now removing what, uh, I put it into framing like what other, you know, people want us to think charisma is. So in my opinion, charisma is someone who the moment they enter a, a place, they get the attention on them and they mm -hmm. do. And that is a mix between, of course, how they look. And I'm not saying about like handsome guy or beautiful <laughs> woman or something like this, but I mean, you feel that there's, you know, there's a soul here. So they are present. Second, the way they talk and the way I would say they communicate with people. Like for mm -hmm. me, this is someone who's charismatic. Now let's, let's hear your, your view. You know, it's great. That first story that you said there about, you know, somebody walking into a room, we would sort of describe that as a magnetic presence. You know, somebody that you look at and you just gravitate to. Essentially what we believe is charismatic people are people who are effective communicators who can be exceptional leaders, people who are able to convey themselves with competence and assertiveness, people who are able to use their language to persuade and influence other people. You know, I think the misconception is to be charismatic, you have to be that person at the party who's joking, he's laughing, and he's telling brilliant stories and everybody wants to listen to. But that kind of brings these misconceptions that you, if you're introverted, if you're somebody who likes to get down into the tech and into the detail and maybe sit on their laptop and code all day, you can't be charismatic, but it's just not true. Introverts can tell amazing stories. They can be fantastic listeners. They're able to communicate concisely. And these are all things that are really important. Now, what I would say to you is where does, where does charisma come into in the business world and in the tech world? Well, let's just say you are working at a startup or you have that million dollar idea. You're going to have to convince somebody to either buy from you, to invest in you, to um, work for you. 
These skills of being able to influence and persuade is that charisma. It's about creating the loyalty and the desire to be part of whatever it is you're doing. And you can do that through charisma. I'm happy that you brought this, Sebastian, because actually this is one of the things I want to, to start asking you about while we, um, you know, explore more about charisma. Now, you mentioned one use case, which is startup founders. And as I was telling you before we, we started uh, our session today or our recording today, I have a passion for startups. And I believe, you know, majority of the time, the problem is if you don't have this ability to communicate in a right way, you know, so people can understand what you're, what you're saying. So this is where I believe charisma is key. And when we say charisma, again, to the definition that we agreed on, not the one. And I love, Sebastian, the example you gave, like this guy in the party or like he's in a gathering. And everyone, you know, is he's joking, you know, um, like, sorry for, for, for the term, but, you know, I consider them like, I don't know, like, let, let's keep it like safe mode, I would say, <laughs> and say, I, I like to call some of them, not all of them, some of them, they are really charismatic, but we have a lot of charlatans, right? Mm. So, yeah. So, so people who they try, you know, you feel they are trying to grab the attention to them instead of like spontaneously. People get attracted to them. Now, let's go back to the charisma and leadership. Now, whether mm -hmm. it's someone who holds a, you know, like leadership title or managerial title, whatever it is, uh, in, in a company working in tech or for someone in a startup. So what are like some of the strategies you can share with us for these tech leaders or startup founders? to maintain, you know, this clear and impactful, let's say, communication with their teams, right? And the other question I would ask you, Sebastian, which is related to this, and how in today's world, everyone talks about also like remote, hybrid world. So can we also apply this even we are not coming? Because I, I just said like when someone comes to the room, but what if someone comes to the Zoom, not to the room? <laughs> Great, great questions. Great questions. So let's take that and let's make it something a little bit more practical. Like you sure. said, you like startups. So let's, let's focus on that one just for a little bit. Yeah. You know, when I work with startup founders in the tech industry, the challenge that you have is a lot of them are fantastic at the hard skills, the coding, the development, the product development or whatever it could be. The challenge is that's only actually a really small part of the bigger picture. And I'm sorry to pop the bubble here, but actually 85% of your financial success, which is why a majority of people start their own business, isn't down to your hard skills, how good a coder you are or how good you are at um, developing a product. It all comes down to your soft skills, your personality, your ability to communicate. So if you're somebody there who's like, while I'm in this business and I can't make any more money, then actually getting more qualifications, doing more courses, probably not going to help you than actually investing your time and energy into developing your soft skills. Your ability to communicate is actually going to exponentially take you up. So let's put it back again into practical terms. You're a startup founder. Chances are you're going to have to sell your product to somebody. And a huge part of selling your product to somebody 
is being able to build rapport with that person. So a few ways that we can do that is through listening. Now, that may sound really obvious, but the challenge they have is when you've got an idea that you're so excited about and you're so nervous about the rejection, you're actually not listening. You're just going in there wanting to get all the information that you have out of your head of why this is the million dollar idea out in front of this poor person who is already overwhelmed by whatever it is you're saying. So actually actively listening. Now, active listening and hearing are two very different things. Hearing is a physical thing where you're literally listening to the words that they're saying. Active listening is the concept of using your eyes, your brain, and your ears. You're not just looking at that person. You're looking at their body language. You're listening out to their tone. And you're thinking about what are the words that they're saying? What do they mean behind the words that they're saying? And so that's a really important skill to have when it comes to building rapport and being able to influence somebody. Because if you're listening, then you can actually take your product, find out the features, functions, and the benefits of it, and then apply it to all the information that you've been listening to. The next element is asking good questions. Asking open questions we all know about, but the problem is most people, 99% of the time, don't build rapport and get to that level of charisma because they stay in that small talking phase. And there's four phases. There's the small talk, which is that, God, the traffic's a bit busy today. Or, oh, did you see the weather? Or did you watch the football game at the weekend? You know, that's a small talk. There's nothing wrong with it. But people, people usually just either stay in it or they avoid it altogether. You have to get in there to get deeper with somebody. So you have the small talk. The next level is fact sharing. That's when I say to you, what do you do for a living? And then you give me some information about you. And I say, well, I do this for a living. You're sharing facts between each other. The next level that you want to go down to is the common grounds. What are the things that you have in common with this person? Now, there could be a lot of instances where you have nothing in common with the person. A great example is football. I could say, oh, I love football. Maybe, did you watch the football game in the weekend? And you didn't. You hate football. You don't like it. You know nothing about it. But you don't want to say that to me because you're going to suck the wind out of the conversation and leave me feeling like, you know, a bit deflated. But what am I actually bonding over? I'm bonding over a passion. I'm bonding over an interest. So that's an opportunity for somebody to go, well, you know, I know nothing about football, but actually you seem very passionate about it. What is it that you love so much about it? Or that's when you go, well, I didn't watch the football, but I love rugby. I love basketball. I love video games. And you bring that into it. You know, you're just bonding over the fact that you're passionate about something. And then the last level is having an emotional connection, getting the person to open up and share personal thoughts, feelings, and opinions. And that's the four levels that you really want to be drilling down into. Some people go a little bit of the way. Some people don't go all the way. And that's the challenge when people are building rapport, trying to get people to be charismatic. Because ultimately, if you can get the person talking about themselves, they will leave that conversation feeling like, They've had the best conversation of their lives. I mean, Mimi, I'm going to throw it over at you. There's been a time where I was at a party and someone said to me, God, you've been speaking to that person for a long time. What did you actually speak about? And I was like, I, you know what? I, I can't actually remember. But when I look back at it, they were just able to get me to open up and start talking about myself. So I'll throw it over to you. Can you tell me some 
interactions, some things that you've gone through that you felt were particularly charismatic? I felt other people charismatic, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, you know, it happens because the nature of my work, I have to talk to a lot of people. And it doesn't happen every day, but yeah, like sometimes you, you have, you know, I go to a meeting, for example, and it happened several times. And it's not necessarily that we ask about football and hobbies and all this stuff, but, and there are very rare occasions where, because, you know, I'm, I'm wearing the consultant hat. I'm, so I'm going to talk, right? Uh, um, but I found myself, you know, in a situation where I had to stop speaking because the other person is passionately, for example, it happened to me, talking about, for example, history, which happened that is a topic that I do, I, I like as well, right? I, mm -hmm. I like to talk about history. And yeah, like exactly the same feeling. Like, and then we look to, 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 to the, the watch and said, oh my God, like we were supposed to meet for one hour and here we go, like it's two and a half hours and we're talking. And then even we forget about what was the purpose of the meeting actually in the first place. So this is something happens to me, not very often, but when it happens, it happens with people that, you know, they are really smart, you know, we can call them charismatic. So yeah, it, especially in the field that I am in, and I think who, people who work in startups and in tech, they, they face these things as well, especially if they have to interact like with, with a lot of other stakeholders. Um, but yeah, definitely. And the only thing I want to ask you, Sebastian, like, and I think yeah. people should not, should not take it, uh, they should take it in a positive way, actually. So if, if you are able to get the other person to take the conversation from you while you're talking, if you get the power of listening and then let them express themselves, actually you end up by getting more information than what you need, especially if you work again. We started talking about sales, but let's be honest, everyone sells. Even the tech guy who's sitting behind the screen and you know typing on the keyboard, at the end of the day, he's doing something that he's gonna show to his colleagues, to his manager and say, hey, like see what I have done and this is selling, right? So. This is why, uh, you know, I love this topic. I'm passionate about this topic, Sebastian. I can yeah, see it, which I, I, can, I feel like this is just to be us agreeing with each other because ultimately, whether you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you're a sales manager of an organization, or you're a mother that's trying to convince her toddler to get dressed for school, you're persuading, you're influencing, you're trying to do it. And I love the example you said there because it's, you sell yourself whether you're going for a job promotion a salary increase. It's not just the startups. It can absolutely, we, ne we don't think of charisma as a productivity tool. That's the thing that's interesting because when we're charismatic and people like us, people in nature naturally want to do more for us. So when we send that person an email, you will want to make sure that your email is on the top of their pile. That means they respond back to you quicker. They'll do the tasks that you ask them to do quicker. So that's why leaders need to start looking at charisma as a real tool within the corporate world. And let us talk about Sebastian, the benefits of doing this. So tell me about like, if I am someone sitting in the C-suite or maybe again, I'm an executive. So how this will help me. Of course, we talked about the personal level, but also like for my business, like 
uh, what could what could have you know as impact on my team on 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 the productivity mm-hmm. if you can share something from from real life examples as well yeah of course of course so the key things here when you're looking at developing your charisma what are the benefits that you're going to have well the immediate benefit is you're going to become more memorable that's the first thing so i've worked with c-suite uh, executives and they are in board meetings, they're in uh, networking events, and they're speaking with their chairman. And so many times they say they've met the person already, and then they meet them for a second time, and they're reintroducing themselves, and they have that awkward moment where the other person doesn't remember them. The second thing is, you're going to be given a lot more opportunities, because people like you, people want to work with you, people are going to be naturally gravitating to your personality, your aura, whatever you want to call it. That could be uh, other executives. It could be job opportunities. It could be clients wanting to work with you. And lastly, we had talked about elements of being a productivity tool as well. Now, one thing I'll give you a really big example. Somebody that I was working with had a meeting with uh, a minister within Saudi Arabia. And what they were found, finding is that when they were putting together some of the techniques that we're going to be talking about, likes of something as simple as making good eye contact with somebody. When you make eye contact with somebody, it releases a chemical in the brain called oxytocin, also known as the bonding hormone. Actually, when we make eye contact with somebody, we actually feel a closeness or fondness or our relationship starts to ha- starts to build from there. And he was having this meeting with the Saudi and this minister within Saudi Arabia, and he was just making good eye contact. And it got to the point where in the meeting, the minister wasn't even asking anyone else in the room a question. He was asking a question, but he was looking directly at my clients because he felt that trust. He felt the confidence and competence that he was doing. But the only thing that he was changing was that he was making good eye contact with the person. And then he came away feeling like a million dollars. But it can improve your competence, your confidence, and can convey information that you're not going to be saying with your words. So there's lots of benefits to having charisma. You know, it can make you more attractive, as you said. It can make you more proficient. It can make you a, a leader that people aspire to work with and be with and feel loyal towards. It can increase your performance. They did lots of studies within the USA about, you know, what do people, are more people more motivated by? Are they motivated by just getting in, doing a good work? Are they motivated by um, getting a cash incentive? Or actually, are they motivated by charismatic leaders? And what was fascinating was charismatic leaders have such a massive impact on the performance of your team, where they feel inspired. You know, if you're, let's just say you're working in an organization, a startup, let's take startups again, where, you know, you're kind of, it's firefighting, let's be honest, you know, and you might have staff members there who you're going to need to dig deep. Those days where it's five o'clock on a Friday, and you're going to need them to dig deep to get a presentation ready for Monday, or you're going to need them to stay back late or come in early or work harder or whatever it could be, and you don't have the money to drop on them to go, here's a more salary or here's a bigger incentive. What else can you offer them? It's about harnessing your charisma so that they feel passionate, they feel loyalty, they understand the vision. All this can help you excel in your business. Absolutely. I agree with you on that, uh, Sebastian. And I have seen, uh, um, I mean, how, you know, this personality uh, of, of the founder or even the business owner, whatever, you know, the domain is, 
has uh, a great, uh, I would say, you know, like, if I might say it, like influence on not only the, the business success, but also on, you know, the overall satisfaction of the employees also as well, right? So when, when you work with someone who can spread this, like you can feel it in the air, right? So absolutely. Now, well, yeah, sorry please, to interrupt. I'll just, just because you've reminded me of something there. You know, let's just say, okay, you're sitting there just now listening to this podcast. You're thinking, okay, how do I, how do I actually go about this? Right. One of the key skills that I would say is probably overlooked when it comes to charisma and as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, is your ability to tell good stories. So, you know, how often have we sat in meetings and everyone goes, okay, guys, this week, we really need to get a nickel down. We need to do X, Y, and Z because we've got this deadline on Monday. We've got this deadline on Tuesday, whatever it could be. Whilst logically, I understand the importance of that. I'm not really feeling inspired to really dig deep and really put the passion in there to really take the company to the next level or take my job with that project or whatever. At the same time, if I was a client and I was listening to somebody and they were like, oh, I've got this great idea. You know, it's the, you know, Uber for whatever it could be. Or if I was in a board meeting as a C-level executive and I'm going through the P&L for that particular quarter, it's not inspiring. It's not motivating. It's not there. So how do we do it? You can do that through good storytelling. That's how you can do it. Now that could be through customer success story, you know, rather than saying, you know, we need to do this or need to do that. Or for a founder, it's all about that starting story. What, what's proof driving you to do this? Who was the person that you thought of that was doing this and that you know, trying to put it into a story? And the same with your presentations as your uh, uh, CEO, when you're giving these presentations, you'll become a lot more memorable. You'll find people will like you and buy into your ideas if you can package it as a story. And that's the same with your networking or your uh, in a job interview or whatever it could be. 100% storytelling. We, we covered that, by the way, a lot of times on the show. Like, uh, it's, it's one of the, I would not say, I can say it's the most important one, uh, in my opinion, for, for especially startup founders, entrepreneurs, because mm -hmm. this is how they can relate to, to, to whatever they are doing. Now, when I was preparing for today, Sebastian, I've seen that you've spoken about the dangers of a combination. And this combination is the combination of money, power, charisma in entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, you know, this phrase, I, you know, caught my eyes. And, you know, I start to think what could be, but I want to hear from you actually. <laughs> well, actually, you took it away from me. I actually thought this might be the first thing we might disagree on. But when I do these podcasts, when I speak to people, the question I always hear much is charisma is evil. Because when you look at people throughout history and there's been notoriously evil or bad people who use their charisma to get what they want, to manipulate people. The best one you would say is that all cult leaders have charisma. And I've studied it and, and they do have charisma. There's no getting around that. But actually, I put charisma in the same camp as money and power and science, that all this can be used for good and it can be used for evil. So if you're someone there who's like, well, I don't want to learn anything about charisma because it's evil. I don't want to touch it. Well, we'll go, okay, you can't look at the individual and say, okay, it's now evil. 
you have to look at process. These cult leaders, what is the process that they're using? And can you actually apply it to your own situation with the caveat being that you're doing it in a genuine and authentic way? You're doing it with the best interests of the person in front of you. So, you know, that's not convincing someone to buy something that they don't need or they don't want to buy. It's not getting someone to invest in something they don't need or they don't want to. And some kind of manipulating them into it. Charisma is basically learning about the other person, finding it, building a relationship with them, and then fitting your product to the needs and wants of what they have. So that's the nature of it. But yeah, it's a really interesting one because, you know, power can have so many great things. Money can bring so many great things. You can give generously to charities. You can invest in life-changing businesses that are going to make a huge impact on the world. But at the same time, money can also, you know, bribe people. It can also uh, be used to, you know, change the minds of politicians. So, you know, all these things can have their pros and cons with it. But I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the sort of evil and good side of charisma. Uh, I think we have similar, similar thoughts here because anything else, like even by the way, even in technology, uh, and if you think about technology, it's like a something which is an abstract thing, right? So, but it still can be used for good or be used for evil. Um, and like any other skill or soft skill that you might have by nature or you learn it, again, you can use it both ways. And I don't think charisma is different than these because... And to your point also, because I told you, like, I love history. So yes, like all the bad guys in history, they were having good charisma, actually, because they, they had this skill of talking in a way that it's so persuasive that, you know, people, they believe that these guys are saying something true or, you know, mm -hmm. they, they convince them, they managed to convince them to do things which are wrong. And if I think about the business world, oh, as our friends in the U.S., they say, oh boy, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I have seen it a lot of times. And because you have, and sometimes, let me tell you this, Sebastian, I think sometimes there is, you might disagree now with me. Maybe you will agree. I don't know. There is something I call fake charisma. And the fake charisma comes from uh, the fact that sometimes you get into a place not by hard work, but I don't know, somehow, you know, we're not big deep mark much in this, but, and then you start to put the charisma on top of, of, you know, this leadership position that you've got, or this, uh, position that you've got, it's not necessarily you are a C-suite or a, a founder, but you start to fake it and, you know, you fake the charisma and this is where, you know, I don't like it. I, I don't like the word charisma. If this is what it means. It means these type of guys. I don't know if you would agree with me on this. Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. For me, look, everything is going to be unhinged. The pillar of everything has to be in a genuine and authentic. That's the, <laughs> that's the key to everything. Humans are actually really good lie detectors. You know, we see it with our guts, you know, the gut instinct. So we can tell when someone's putting it on and when saying, you just described it, yeah, I can tell when someone's being fake. The challenge you have in the corporate world 
there's a, a system called PIE, P-I-E. The P stands for performance. And this is, this is down to reasons why people get promoted within their work. Performance only accounts to like 10% of the reasons why people get, get promotion. So if you're working very hard and like learning your good skills and trying to get better at your job, it actually counts as very little to the reason why people get promoted. The I stands for image. That is how do people perceive you? Do people perceive you as competent? Do they see you as a person who gets results? Do they see you as somebody who's confident, as somebody who does a good job? Um, and the E stands for exposure, which is does people who make the decisions know who you are? I mean, let's think about the times when we worked in the corporate world. I mean, I could think of loads of times where I was like, you know, I see this person all the time, but what do they actually do? Like I see this person walking around or I see that team over there and nobody actually knows what they do. So if that person came to you and said, I want to work with you, I'd be thinking, mate, I don't even know what you do. I don't know if you're any good. I don't know what you are. Whereas actually the person who perhaps puts more emphasis on their image and the exposure has got a better chance of getting a promotion. And in a perfect world, it'd be the person who works the hardest and it would be the person who um, is the best at the job. But unfortunately, we don't live in the perfect world. And there's people who do climb career ladders who are incompetent, but are incredibly persuasive. And that's, I suppose, where we start to get into the gray area. So what I'm trying to do is give people who are fantastic at their job, got great technical skills, and I hate to see them missing out on opportunities because they've just put so much emphasis, they've studied so much, they've learned so much, but they just can't, you know, when they get in front of a decision maker, how do they actually persuade them that they're the right person? Or how do they convey that they are trustworthy immediately when they're in front of somebody? And these are the issues that people are facing. Yeah, that's... That's a very valid uh, point of view, I would say. Now, as we're almost coming to an end, uh, Sebastian, for today, uh, I want to ask you about a topic that I know that you are expert also in it, like, which is you know, it's a mix of two things that you have done. So today, people talk about uh, having their personal brand. And Leaders, they are encouraged like no time before to leverage like social media platform. And it, it depends on what you're trying to do. So some people might go to LinkedIn because if you are like in something more into business related, some people, they go to TikTok, Instagram, you know, whatever. Some people, they do all of these. So from, from your point of view, like how important is first to establish this uh, personal brand? to increase this charisma. And the second thing is, what is the role the social media platform can play to, I would say, enhance uh, their charismatic presence and let people around them, whether internal teams or like the broader community, uh, get engaged with them? Fantastic question. So I'll start with your second one first. How much does social media play in someone's charisma and personal brand? I would say it's a huge part of it, mainly because once you've already met with someone, you've done the hard work, you know, you've learned about them, you've listened to them, you've spoke to them, all this sort of stuff. What do people do immediately when they leave that? They're going to Google you. They're going to search you. You're going to find, you know, a little bit more about you. And your digital footprint has to reflect the image that you're portraying 
in the real world as best as you can. That means sticking to being authentic. It's sticking to uh, trying to build rapport with people, all this sort of stuff. But what I would say is once to go one step further is that when people are looking at people up on charisma and wanting to work with people, when they're searching for people, a lot of what they say is like, are they likable? You know, do I like this person? I think of the the few YouTubers or people of influence that I follow on social media. And whilst I may not know them personally, I feel like I've got a real image of them because perhaps they responded to me in the comment section or when I sent them a DM, they responded back to me. Or that when they're on camera deliver, making some content, they're delivering it with confidence. They're making eye contact with the camera. So we feel this connection here. So it plays a huge part in terms of, you know, your charisma. But even if you're on things like this, like a podcast, you know, how persuasive are you? So all these little things that have like a social media presence will actually build up and actually convey an image of you. So for example, if you met somebody and online they're portraying this super, you know, Rolex wearing, Lamborghini driving, smooth talking uh, guru, but actually when you get to see them in real life and it all falls down, well then the whole thing falls like a house of cards. So that's what I would say in relation to, should you be emphasizing on social media, I would be saying yes. I would say pick a platform that best suits your personality. For example, not everybody wants to be on camera and so maybe YouTube isn't for them. Some people like write just short snippets and that's where they go to LinkedIn or they want to talk about this particular subject, whatever it is, but actually really focus on how you write and how you produce content and keep those key areas of being persuasive, picking the language that you're using and how you're conveying that. That's what I would say to that. And the charisma plays a huge part in your presence. You know, let's just look at people who are, you know, I'm trying to think of celebrities. You know, I don't know any celebrities. I don't know Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't know Ryan Reynolds. I don't know Robert Downey Jr. But I can tell that they have this charisma of how they portray themselves online, in movies, in interviews, and everything like such. 100%. And if, you know, I never interacted with this guy, but I think one of the people who build charisma in public, <laughs> if, if, if the term is, is, is true, is Gary V, right? Uh, so, so Gary V, you know, the way when I look at his journey and people ask me, but he's not ready to take. Yeah, that's true. But I believe what this guy have done is he showed people two things. First, he built charisma in public, literally, because, you know, when he started, almost no one knew about him and he kept enhancing, you know, his style and the way he, he do it. And then. He ended up, but I see him like he replies to comments to your point. He, he, you can feel he's a genuine guy, you know, and when you ask anyone who've met him face to face, they, they say the same thing. While, while you have, to your point, a lot of these people that they are everywhere, you know, posting everywhere. And then when you want to just even not ask them something. You just want to maybe give them a compliment. Maybe you want to write a small note to them. They ghost you. And I think there's, I can understand sometimes maybe you are like a very famous guy or something. Listen, dude, you can go hire a VA that at least can reply these DMs, right? Uh, so I think this is kind of respect in my opinion. So this is my two cents on, on, on this one. 
No, I think it's really important. And actually, just to go one step further there with Gary Vee, let's take that as an example. So why is Gary Vee so charismatic? I would say through analyzing him, one of the things that I get really much is that when we talk about charisma, we talk about smiling and we talk about being positive. Whilst Gary Vee doesn't necessarily smile every bit of content, you can tell that he's passionate and his passionate is right. attractive because his passion and his energy and his enthusiasm to something is very likable and infectious because when other people are positive, we start to feel positive as well. So that actually even happens over online. The second thing is he's quite animated. He uses lots of hand gestures. Hand gestures are a great tool to build trust with people. Think of a time where you have a toddler and they have something behind their back and they're like, what have you, what have you got there? And they're like, oh, nothing, nothing. You go, I don't trust you. So he uses lots of hand gestures. It doesn't mean you need to be like Gandhi B and doing jazz hands, but that's something you can incorporate into your communication. Lastly, what he does is he's got great eye contact. When I see him with people, when he interacts with people online, you know, I can tell that he's just focused looking at the person, really trying to make the person feel like he's in the moment, he's present. But even online, you know, he's looking at the camera a lot. And, you know, he's kind of unapologetically authentic. You know, what you see is what you get, which is also a huge part of charisma as well. 100%. Now, Sebastian, final question for you, where people can find more about you and, you know, get your help on, I like, you know, what you've wrote here, like art of charisma, how, how they can learn more about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they can learn the art of charisma and on my website, it's just art of charisma. You can just Google that straight away. If you want to get more snackable bite-sized tips, just go to my TikTok page. It's just art of charisma on TikTok. We have. For 20,000 followers, we have over a million views. And so people get real value from the TikTok page. But if you're somebody who's a CC executive, you're um, looking at trying to get some more opportunities, then the website is the best place to go. Or if you don't have any confidence and you're unsure and you just want a quick question, you can always send me an email. It's just artofcharisma at outlook.com. Great. I will make sure I put all, you know, these in the show notes. Sebastian, like really, I enjoyed this episode today with you. Uh, I love when we have these, I call them real human uh, conversations and interactions. So thank you for being a guest on the show today. And this is usually the way how I end every episode. So if you came by chance to know about this podcast and it's the first time for you here, thank you for passing by. And I hope you like what you listen to or if you are watching this, what you have seen. If so, please don't forget to subscribe. We are on all podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the others. So subscribe, share it with your friends and colleagues. And if you are one of the loyal fans that keep coming, thank you for keeping coming here and keep sending me your feedbacks, keep sending me your suggestions, even anything that you don't like, don't be shy, send it. Tell me, please, we want this to be enhanced. Do this, do that. I love to hear feedbacks a lot. And finally, if you are up to something really different, you have a topic that we never brought before and you think it's, you know, aligned with what we do here on this podcast. Or you are a startup founder and no one is giving you the space to go and talk about the next thing that you are about to do. Also reach out. I would be more than happy to discuss this. So thank you very much for tuning in. We'll meet again very soon. Hit that subscribe button.
Share the show with your tech-savvy friends and fellow entrepreneurs. And leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Your support means the world to us.